0: Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I ask you every time, take a second, click the subscribe or follow button on whatever platform it is that you listen to this podcast on. And do me a favor, share this thing with some friends, let them know what's up. There's great episodes that are in the past, there's a lot more coming. And I appreciate it a ton. If you also wanna follow on social media, it's at thatcuriousjones. And you can go to YouTube and find all the clips in video form of this podcast, as well as some other cool stuff as well. My guest today is a former guest of the podcast. He's a friend of mine. He's California born and raised. He's one of the coolest people that I've ever had a chance to talk to. And our first conversation was like random off the hook, as it always is when I talk with him we talked about rollerblading and his time growing up in the beach. Um, and I, I don't even remember. It was, it was a fun, fun episode. It was right at the beginning of COVID. And one thing we didn't talk about was the extensive amount of time that he has spent in the Amazon rainforest um, doing a documentary, filming a documentary for uh, plant-based medicine and ayahuasca and talking about the tribes and what they're facing down in that area. Um, and, it fascinates me. And I'm obviously, as you know, big into plant based medicine and psychedelics, the impact that they can have on mental health and just civilization in general. And um, there was some very, very freaky shit that right at the beginning of this podcast, I I literally got goosebumps um, because of the kind of way that this all ties together. Uh, It's very strange. But this episode is one of my favorites in a really long time, and I hope that you guys enjoy it a ton. Please give it up for my friend, Josh Savage. But before we enjoy the episode, as always, head to the website drinkaction.com, as it's action spelled with a K, to go and buy your very favorite specialty roast coffee that's sourced from Guatemala, small batch roasted upon your order, and delivered fresh to your doorstep. And if you want to save even more money, sign up for a subscription and we'll ship you that fresh coffee each and every month with an additional 20% discount. And if you don't like coffee, that's fine. We sell other things at Action. You can buy natural supplements, things like turmeric and hemp that are great for anti inflammation, as well as MCT bombs, which are a great natural energy source from coconut oil. And we've got apparel and a whole bunch of other cool stuff coming along the way as well. Drinkaction.com, action spelled with a K, code word curious, and enjoy this episode.
1: It's a, it's been um, it's been an interesting ride this year so far. A lot of a lot of things happening coming out of fucking COVID and going back to work and relationships and weed and you know the world fucking going to shit What happened to crypto and like everything's just fucking piling itself on on top of each other It's just hectic everyone's feeling the fucking the crazy grind
0: i'm bummed out that i didn't get a chance to connect with you while i was out in cali i was uh in and out like in a matter of seconds for joe's birthday kind of last minute surprise yeah. trip for him and whatnot yeah. but now that things are opening back up my hope is that i get back out there i mean shit he's got Two little ones that have been born since then. I've had two little ones since the last time we even spoke on the podcast. Man, it's like unreal that two years went by so fast. But yeah. I, I can't imagine. I saw the, that you guys are back at the L Sig, doing your thing. Yeah,
1: we're we're doing the uh, first Wednesdays of every month again. We started that back up. I think um, July last year. So we're almost about, about a year back into doing it. You know, from uh, starting it back up from COVID. Yeah. And had a great response. We've had great comedians come through there. Our sponsorships have been incredibly uh, supportive. And um, we're doing it on the patio. So it's outdoors. It's a little bit change of a format before, you know, it was indoor theater, stage, and the whole kind of like traditional um, comedy thing. But now we're on the patio. People can sit there and eat and drink. And they, you know, they want to have their, their Puff Co out. And Puff Co, they can, you know, they're doing dabs. And um, it's really, really an interesting scene. Um, to be at, there's not too many of these comedy nightclubs that'll that'll allow us to just come in and just puff, you know, like on their patio. They're like, yeah we don't care. Like, oh, very cool. Um, That being said, uh, we are trying to look for new venues and expand this year. So we're gonna be looking to our partners over at Green Street uh, for some venue space and a few other partners in downtown for like outdoor rooftop uh, entertainment spaces that we can move the show to and kind of keep the acts new and the vibe new and um, I think one of the biggest things about doing live events and production is that there's always a like a, a, a sense of like newness and like unique opportunities happening at each event like, where am I who's going to be here what yeah. are we going to do and um, I think like curating those kind of events are very important like
0: yeah there's a fine there's a fine balance, right? Like of yeah. having consistency so that you have people wanting to keep coming back, but then to right. also make sure that when they do want to come back, that they're kind of tickled with something that maybe they weren't tickled with before. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know me, I love tickling people. Oh, I know you do. I, That's why I, I have them on. I love giving them fingers in there and just, you know, ruffling up them feathers and making them giggle. So uh, speaking
0: of giggle, I've, I'm, and this is, I'm like the most non-political person. And I there's probably people that's spitting out their drink right now because I do, I get opinionated on shit, but I'm like so non-affiliated. I'm just like, right. I look at what's happening um, and I laugh. I don't have cable anymore. I like bailed on cable. I don't have time to watch like senseless stuff. Although I right. did go and download Amazon recently to go back and watch all the old Ink Masters. Don't ask me why, but like I got in this thing and now I'm like episode eight or I'm sorry, season eight. And uh, yeah. I'm hooked, dude. I'm, I'm like v- vested so much because I keep bringing these artists back. And, oh, dude, I'm, but. It's, I it's love funny. It. It's
1: right. That's it's, it's a fun show. And um, I, I've never really been a fan. I had no idea, you know, like Ink Masters is such a big property until I started um doing these, these journeys with one of the lead Ink Masters himself, Chris Nunez. Um, oh, you know, you know, Nunez. Yeah. Chris and I have become very tight over the past. I'd say four to five years um, meeting him through a friend of mine, uh, another camera guy friend of mine out here um, approached me and was like, Hey, I've got this buddy who I worked with you know, years ago. He's a tattoo guy from Miami. He's on the show called Ink Master. I was like, Chris Nunez. And uh, we go out to meet him and just fucking the coolest guy ever, right? Uh, down to earth. I heard he's a real party guy. But when we met he's very just chill, focused, gathered, um, and had a mission of like, hey, we want to go to the Amazon um, to tell the story about the indigenous tribes there, their struggles with um, farming and uh, agriculture and the and and the political scene in the Amazon. And I was like, oh, this sounds really intense. Are we going to be doing drugs while we're there? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we're going to go down there and, and uh, you know, talk about plant-based medicine and ayahuasca and healing journeys of um, the tribal medicine. And I was like, sign me the fuck up. So wait a second. I
0: I have goose. I literally have goosebumps right now because I, I wanted, as you know, I sent you a message. I'm like, the number one thing I want to make sure we talk about is your trips into the Amazon, because we didn't really touch on that on the last episode. I mean, we fucking talked about rollerblading, but we didn't talk about ayahuasca. And (laughs) I was like, I want to do that. And I seriously had no idea that you were tied to Nunez at all. And I just randomly brought up this thing because i was like saying how i don't even watch television but yet i literally have been binging ink master it's like religiously for the last probably three weeks my wife's like why do we have a new amazon account i'm like oh because i i didn't realize what your password was and i needed to go and find another set of episodes because netflix only has seasons four and five so (laughs) dude i'm i'm kind of like freaked out right now that the tr- the whole thing with ayahuasca and the Amazon is tied back to Ink Master. Like
1: I'm t- I'm telling you, it, it, I had no clue. Um, like I had to do my research on Chris. And when somebody was like, "Hey, you know Chris Nunez, we're gonna go do this thing," I was like, "Okay, ayahuasca and Chris Nunez. Like, how? What's the correlation here? Like, what's going on?" Um, you know, Chris Nunez, famed tattoo artist. Tattoo artists aren't known for being like. I mean, they're they're great artists. They're not known to be the most chill guys. Usually, if they're rock star tattoo artists. They're fucking out there being like rosters. They're out there in the clubs, they're out there in the bars, they're out there having dinners, we you know all around the town with, you know, celebrities and musicians and you know, whoever you can think of that want ink on their bodies. And this guy's like the number one person to mark your body with ink. And um, so I'm thinking this guy's gonna be fucking crazy wild. You know, I'm gonna be like up 24 hours a day. You know, and I couldn't have been farther from the truth about what this man has like brought to my life. And I was like, this Chris Nunez is a different person than I thought I'd be be introduced to or be talking to. And um, it's really brought a whole new layer of like what what I do with my life, how I interact with the world and how I see things and my, my perspective on uh, sustainability, the, the earth as a whole, um, plant-based medicine, things like that. And I was like, "Who this rock star, tattoo artist is going to make me change my my whole philosophy and the way i think and and feel about about what i put in my body and about you know what i what i do spiritually you know in the in the spaces around me and um man four years later i'm like i can't wait to go back i can't wait to go down there to see my tribe and to go you know visit my people that i've been visiting for four years and building this community uh, community relationship and this international bond with and like literally living like a tribe member for like 28, 30 days at a time.
0: Did you have any experience in like prior to connecting with Chris and and your other friends with any type? I mean, I'm sure you probably had dabbled with psychedelics, but anything in a sense of really going to have a deeper purpose. Yeah. Well, and a deeper purpose as to why you were taking them. Right. Cause I, I took mushrooms a whole lot of times really just to go have a blast partying with my buddies. And it wasn't until later in life that it I actually kind of closed closed down how often I did it. But when I did it, it was yeah. way more impactful because I had a purpose and a reason.
1: Right. I think intention is a lot behind everything we do. Um, intention, where we put our intentions, where we tell ourselves uh, the purpose of what we're doing uh, is going to, you know, how it's going to affect us. And as a kid, you know, I'm, I'm from LA, right? I mean, we talked about this. I'm from LA, grew up here. I grew up in this uh socal environment in the 90s where like hip-hop was fucking in you know like baggy pants were, were like the way to go uh drive-by shootings were popular we invented the game out here and um it was just a, it was a really we were having riots we were having trials we were having all sorts of crazy shit in the 90s in LA and um you know single parent you know kind of trying to keep me down and I was just focused on just wanting to get out and and, and see the world you know I was like a young 16 year old and so I was taking acid as a 16 year old kid in LA right driving around the city trying to find these dark warehouses and fucking you know loud music and I was doing it with the intention to, to escape this this childhood life of trauma right unintentionally like not knowing and then years go by of, of this kind of a patternistic usage of psychedelics as a teen and as i started to do more i was thinking well if i'm going to bend my reality like i should really start to like think of a purpose of why i'm doing it and and focus on the the mission of why i'm trying to extrapolate this psychedelic experience so when i went to the amazon i'd already had these you know notions of like when you do anything with your mind you should do it with the most purest intent you should do Um, a little bit of research onto your, you know, substances that you're taking, and also, like, think about what, what it is that you're trying to accomplish, like, what, what are we doing here, and so my first experience with, with the medicine, I was just like, I've done this, I know I'm going to trip, you know, it's not a big deal, Um, let's just, you know, when I trip, let's just be happy, and, you know, hopefully, when I come out of this, I'm not going to be as big of an asshole, Um, and it's not like what you think, it's not, that's not the way it works, but it's like, um usually when the first time I did, it, I really didn't have a, like a spiritual psychedelic experience, you know, like I did on a mushroom or 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 acid or anything else. It was just it was weird. It was me trying to connect with this energy. And it, and it took a couple of ceremonies for me to do it, you know, for the shamans to administer me a proper dose to experience what I'm, you know, what I'm supposed to be experiencing. And it took like three trips down there. And like, I mean, like three trips down there for like a month at a time for me to experience the what I'm supposed to be experiencing. And I don't know if it was because I had a blockage in my own head or or what, but um, you know, from my first cup to the last trip I went to, it was a huge, huge growth and expansion in in the consciousness, and reality of what I was doing. Um, so when I started out going down there with Chris, we, we were going out there to document plant-based medicine, Amazonian culture, um, the tribes, how they're being affected by mining and, and farming and, you know, just um, over logging of the Amazon forest and and how their, their tribes these these tribes have been around for millions of years are being pushed to just like we've done in America. They're being pushed to lands where they're being regulated. You can only stay in this part of the land and their tribe is meant to travel up and down the, the rainforest, you know, the Amazon to live their life. They nomadically go from here to here to here. Um, so they don't over farm. So they don't, you know, over eat the animals in the area. So okay. now they're just being regulated to stay in one space. And, um, we're going down there to try to tell the story about how they come back from these large swaths of like decimated numbers, you know, from there were thousands to like down to like 70, you know, And now they're back up to like 700 uh, in this one tribe, um, the Puyanawas that we go to. Um, And they tell these stories of just how the medicine has come in and split the tribes in half. Half of them are going back to the old ways of using medicine. And then the other half are still doing uh, Christianity techniques for their spirituality. And then there's a small little mix in between. Is there a
0: difference between the two of them? I hate to say outcomes, but do they live very different lives because half of them are using plant-based medicine? The others are leaning heavily
1: on Christianity. No, there, there is, there is not really like a, like a, so, so like a sociological difference in the tribe They're They're just like, okay, these people um, practice medicine and these people practice Christianity. Um, there is a little bit of tension sometimes depending on where like the funding goes. You know, these are like tribes, you know, funded by their government, you know, not the best funding as well either. And they are, you know, regulated to getting their own income. So they farm and the spiritual part of the tribe, they have, you know, tourists come through, you know, and that's, they kind of do like a narco tourism or a spiritual tourism. Mm -hmm. Um, And they gain a lot of uh, economy from that. Um, I wouldn't say like a whole half of their economies from that but it's a it's a large enough I mean, a portion to keep them you know going and enough to feel faint. it if it was the end right exactly exactly okay. um but i mean to go back their their whole purpose of using it is to stay healthy right there there are like compounds in the medicine that western doctors have found you know that they found very productive for like cancer research and uh, things of that nature, and there are people who claim that it's cured their HIV. You know, undocumented claims. Uh, really, really interesting times down there. What they're what they're accomplishing uh, through the medicine. I personally, I have my own health issues, so when I go down there, I go on like a diet, and the shamans are like, you know, eat this plant, you know, drink nothing but water we're going to give you just rice and water and, and fresh vegetables for three weeks. That's all you're going to eat. Basically. There's no food. There's, I mean, there's no f- meat. There's no salt. There's no sugar, no animal fats, you know, and it's just, I come out of there usually about 10 pounds lighter, you know, because it's a perjurate uh, society. So everything that, you know, that they do ceremonious wise meant to like come out of your body, um, you know, bring out the bad, the, the bad stuff in it. Um, Man, I uh, I'm I'm stoked because I've i not really talked a lot about going down there or even like using medicine too much or the tribes or my experiences there. That's it's been an incredible journey, like what's incredible.
0: The, what's the biggest impact that you've felt? I mean, a lot of people talk about the ego death, and I've I've never done ayahuasca. I've done some heavy psychedelics, and I can speak to. That. I mean, it yeah, it's crazy, We're, dude. The the clarity, you know, that you can get in life for things that you've been looking at
1: daily for years. It opens, it opens answers, you know, it opens doors to answers of things that you've, you've doubted. Um, I, I have a hard, not a hard time, but I, you know, everyone does, you know, do I go left? Do I go right? Yeah. Um, decision-making at that, at that binary level can be taxing for some people. It can be anxiety analysis you know. by paralysis. Exactly. Um, I, I paralysis found myself- by analysis. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I found myself when I was back from these journeys and the medicine that like I was making decisions less stressed. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't like, oh no, should I really go after this job or should I really make this email? Or should I tell this person you know what I think they want to hear? And it affected everything from like. My business relationships, my personal relationships, familial relationships, the way I see the world. Um, it's not just one of those like medicines that you can take and psychedelic you're going to take and you're like, oh, cool, that was a full cool trip. I mean, you can, but if you're really going there with the intention to say, I want to change my character. You know, there's a lot of parts about me that I don't like. I want to go in here with some intention, voice them and ingest this medicine. And during my experience, uh, I'm going to really reflect on how this part of my character affects not just me, but those around me, how that affects those around them and how all of that comes back to a bigger circle of like how we are really directly affecting the world with individual people, individual outlooks and and perspectives and how how we can calm and ease immediately people around us, you know, sur- you know the, our, our immediate surroundings by just changing our mind, changing our mind space, changing our our headspace, and like our perspective of how we see things, like the way we see the world. Do you th- I think the medicine really helps. Do you yeah. think
0: that to get to that level of insight that you require having a shaman or somebody to help guide you there? Or is it possible to do that work on your own and get to the same place?
1: I, I don't think it's possible to do it on your own. No, I don't, I don't think that you can try to do psychedelics or you know any kind of mind altering substances to work on yourself but when you're doing it by yourself it's it's like just yelling into an empty room you know like yelling into an empty room hoping to hear something back that's not an echo of your own voice um and i think when you are with people who are guided and who are knowledgeable of like what who you are what you're trying to accomplish what what the ramifications of of what you're doing are um and their intentions for you are are pure then you're going to have i think a a lot better experience um getting from the medicine what you're supposed to get from it and retrieving the answers that you're asking yourself you know from this experience yeah Uh, i had a friend come to me we both know this friend he is in cannabis um but he was like, hey, I got this DNT pen. You know, hey, I got a DNT pen. I'm so scared to use it. I know you've done ayahuasca, which is basically just 5-MAO DNT, which is the most, you know, highest potency of natural DNT you can get in, the war- in, in nature. He's like, I've got this synthetic DNT pen. I want to do it. Do you want to do it with me? Like five years ago, 10 years ago? Yo, yeah, let's hit it. But now after having gone through this experience, I was like, no, I don't want to do the synthetic version of this natural god essence that i've been doing but i will be here and sit with you while you do it you know and i think that was a very powerful part for him because he was like okay that's like a grounding because he was really scared that's a really grounding tool for him to have someone based in reality that he can come to and say are we okay and i can be like yeah we're fine you know you're okay um and when you're doing ayahuasca you have a shaman who is not just you know usually not drinking at first, but it's usually so versed in drinking and drinks all the time that they can be drinking and really guide you spiritually to where you have to be in your head. I mean, uh, I've seen some crazy shit on ayahuasca, man. I've been like, what are you showing me, guy? I don't even speak Portuguese. And these tribal leaders will come up to me and be speaking to me in in Portuguese or a half-broken native tongue. And I'm understanding them, which is kind of weird. You know, like I'm getting it you know, oh. I'm like, Oh yeah, 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 I can't, I can't reiterate. But you know, even when I speak English back to them, they're like, yeah, yeah, we get that too. It's the most bizarre thing in the, in the world, like communication barrier. Do you think it
0: opens up portals that we, that exist, that we just, because living in the reality that we're living in here in, in on earth with yeah. all of the inputs, everything that's coming at us with information, with sensation that, and and just years of genetic uh, yeah. conditioning right where our, yeah. our DNA has just been kind of optimized for this chaos right that those things kind of get dulled a little bit
1: um yeah I, I see what you're saying that because we're so used to the chaos that
0: yeah like are people who like are living on sentinel island that you know have never been exposed to the craziness of what we know as life are right. they actually able to get closer. And I am thinking this because I like, think of monks, right? You hear right. these stories of monks that can change the temperature of their body in right. certain areas because they're so in control of themselves. They're so strong in mind, but that right. doesn't, that's not s- probably possible if you're working a nine to five, you know, living in, you know, whatever big city, you've got to be like so cut off from all of that to be exactly. so focused that exactly. I think there's, there's so many things that our brain has power over that we just, we we don't even realize you don't know what you don't know. And it's, I wonder if these, if, you know, psychedelics, one of the many great things they do is to, you know, kind of crush down everything and allow our natural senses to kind of rise up.
1: They, um, they definitely help in the calming of the, you know, social anxiety. I get a little bit of social anxiety, just being, you know, and I'm a sociable person, you know, you know me, I, I go out, I'll talk to, I've never really met a stranger at a party. I'll talk to anybody. Um, But, a, you know, social anxiety is a real thing, you know, especially when you're living in a big city and you got to go out there COVID and now there's all sorts of rules and regulations, right. Um, Even before that you would go out, you know, living in a society where like you're judged on everything from your fucking how you do your hair to whatever shirt or how much jewelry you're wearing to what car you're driving, what kind of house you fucking unlock the door at. Um, and where the house like, all of those things don't matter when you're living in a society where the only thing that matters is, do you have clean water? Is there going to be food tomorrow? And is our house safe from any kind of invasion or protection from, from the elements? Those are the three main things that, that is just the focus of living an indigenous lifestyle. And, and that shedding all of the, how am I going to get money? Is Jane going to like me? I hope Bob over there isn't mad at me for you know not return, You know, like, am I going to be late to work today because traffic? Because nine hundred thousand other people are going to be trying to get on the on the freeway at seven thirty. You know, like, you don't have those kind of stressors. You're literally living day to day on how you can prove it on yourself and, and help your tribe and your family and um, and all of these things come together just seamlessly it seems like in, in in these settings and then we come and i come home and i'm just like man this is i've got to go back into this this lifestyle you know and it, can, it can be sh- like post-traumatic stress in a little bit a little mm-hmm. pts coming back from from that into this so you completely
0: um, and, cut off from like technology no phones no anything or what's
1: what's i mean you're you're at? literally in the middle of the jungle so and we're in 2022. You're not really cut off from anything. You know what I'm saying? But you are in the middle of the jungle. There are parts and portions where you won't have any cell service. So you're not really on your cell phone in the middle of the jungle. These people have Wi-Fi. They have satellites. They do have to communicate with the outside world. They have to communicate with, uh, with government officials and, you know, and talk about how much farming they're, they're doing on their property. Um, how many people they're having stay in, you know, in their tribes. Um, so there is a little bit of technology. It's not a lot, but they all, they all know they all have, um, people have cell phones, you know, I'm, I'm friends with some, some of the tribal members on Facebook and Instagram, you know, so they're always sending pictures and stuff. And it's a really cool tool because they, they use that as a platform to talk about their needs and what they need to do to keep their, their lifestyle sustained and, and to keep, uh agriculture you know from being wiped out uh, in the amazon by by these logging and, and mining and farming and and you know government subsidies and things like that you know so there are there are technologies put in place but for the most part people aren't even worried about it the, the main focus in the morning is uh, when we get up at one of these tribes uh we wake up and there's already people making coffee and and, and breakfast you know for 30 40 people it's nothing huge, but it's it's stuff to get sustenance going because we're gonna be out in the field planting trees all day. I mean, they're planting things from uh banana trees, different types of palms, nut palm, date palms, fruit trees. Um, you know, these aren't things that grow overnight. These are things that take, you know, years that they probably won't even get to experience to sitting in the, the shade of these trees that you know they plant, you know. And they're not doing it because they want the media gratification. They do it because they know that their children's children are going to benefit from these trees. Having I mean, forty new banana trees, um, you know, like a, a field full of yucca. You know, their their outlook is so focused on keeping sustainability and and the future and how it's going to be. And I don't think that we focus too much on the, on the western side. We focus like yeah, future sure. But we're worried about futures and stocks and commodities and money and a fake fake system that doesn't work that you can see cryptos collapsing around us. Like, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. People are losing their shirts. And I mean, the only people that are truly happy, I think the people that have the less, the, the least amount of things, least amount of stress. And I've never seen a happier fucking group of people than when I go to the Amazon and I sit with these tribes and they're just... You know, three, four kids. You know, maybe two baby mamas. No drama. Everyone's fed. Love is everywhere. It's 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 a different type of of living, you know, because you you can't sit there and hold grudges over people if you're gonna see them for the next forty years, right? And in a sense of like, there's only five hundred of you in this, in this in this town.
0: Is there up, a lack nowhere. of? is there a lack of things to be envious about too because i i've been really noticing like you have social media you've i mean the root cause of things is really what i'm always focused on right like right. why are people you know we have this big gun debate in america I, I like by the way agree like let's figure out a way to keep guns out of crazy people's hands like right. number one but i'm curious like why why are people wanting to do these things yeah you know what i mean like there's there's a and, and I look at that across anything, whether it's guns, whether it's, you know, bullying in schools, whether it's right. whatever the hot topic of the day is, there's there's a root cause for things. Well, and it's I, think I think envy is a yeah. big one for people, right? With depression and things, they see how yes. everybody else is living. They don't realize. And I saw this great Jordan Peterson quote where he's like, you see this guy driving down the road in a Ferrari. And you get envious of him. You get sad and depressed that you don't have that life. But what you don't realize is the blonde in the car with him has like a horrible cocaine habit and she's ruined like four guys' lives and she's, you know, spending his money and running up his credit cards. And he's like on the brink of bankruptcy because his last two deals didn't fall through. And it's like, you're envious of him, but you don't even, you don't even know what's really going on. Yeah, it is a thousand, to a thousand percent. Right. And it, it's like in an area like the Amazon where you don't have a lot, you just have what you need. You also don't have the ability to be envious of people to the level that you do here. And it's like, I mean, we're down all kinds of rabbit holes. And I'm curious if we could ever get back to any semblance of that in America, because to your point, the structure is just so grand and tied to capitalism and all these things. And maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but it is what it is. Right. And you there's just do no going like back.
1: Basically. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I wonder, I almost think the only way to get away from it is to like hop on with, with Josh and rollerblade down to the fucking Amazon. You know, it's like,
1: <laughs> I'm telling you uh, I'm going back in August. Um, and there's things that pop up, you know, here in, in LA, these leaders come here because it, it's, it's expensive, right? Like, yeah. Living, living the how they live, you know, subsidized by their government, which is a third world as it is, right? And they're in the jungle. Um, it's expensive to get stuff to them. It's expensive to, for them to buy their land back. You know, from from these companies that that strip it and then they don't want it anymore, right? And then what do they want to do with it? Well, they make these indigenous people buy the land back, and then they they plant all their trees again. You know, um, and it's just, it's like a constant cycle that that really it's, it sucks because this is like where you see. All of those movies that go, oh, man, the logging and, and Western civilization and the Amazon, you know, it's horrible. And you go, yeah, 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 how bad can it be? And then you go down there and you're like, oh, shit. You know, like, it's really taking a toll on these people. Hmm. Like, generationally, these people didn't know what sugar was. These people didn't know, have any idea what refined sugar was in the, in the 1900s, before 19-whatever. Before uh, white man comes into them with bags and bags of sugar. And now all these people are addicted to sugar so much their teeth rot out of their mouths because they eat so much candy and sugar and there's not a whole lot of like uh education on hygiene and and, you know there's more but there's not a whole lot you know there's not a whole lot of money for dentists down there so you get things like that that how we affect how just our own like life how what we perceive as oh sugar it's good it's great right it's great yeah but these people are fucking rotten their teeth out because they don't have fucking full-time dentistry but they're addicted to sugar because it's a refined, it's a refined, you know, Western thing. You know, um, things like that. Things like how you don't think that a little thing like sugar can affect a community of people, but it does. You know, how how the littlest things that we can introduce to something, a society, a group, can affect them greatly for generations. Um, and like I go down there with the intention of like. I want these stories by these people to be heard and to be told because Western people don't get the opportunity or the chance to go down there to see this, and they don't—they don't really know. They just know that there's Indians living in the jungle taking drugs. You know, like that's hmm. really the the simplistic version of what people see. It's, it's so much further from that. I mean, it's it's deep. It's really deep, and I'm just literally like scratching the fucking tip of the iceberg for you right now. Um, so
0: your your time down there i mean obviously personal growth but you're talking about you know documenting this so is this a part of a, a big project where you're gathering footage yeah. over years and oh, years and this is like oh, a yeah. long vision so yeah. like showing over time like hey we started now and then you know six seven eight years later here's where it's yeah. at or what's you know do you have a, a view of where this is going and when i'll be able to watch what you guys have captured
1: while you're down there Exactly, the, the whole thing about us going there is to tell the story and to bring this, this story to life. And um, the first time I went, it was, it was a hectic trip. <laughs> Excuse me, pardon me. Um, we went, my first time with Chris, with, with about eight people, about eight people. Um, and it was Chris's first time going to the tribe. Now, Chris has family that lives in Brazil. Chris speaks perfect Portuguese, right? He you know. lived in Brazil himself for five years and tattooed down there. Uh and so he speaks Portuguese. Not a not a big problem for him to go down there and interact with people and speak in. You know, hey, oi, oi, chai. You know, I'm like cool. I'm I, I want to speak Portuguese. Uh so when we get went down there the first time, we went down there with a group that he had been introduced to in upstate New York, and we get down there, and this shaman that we were with, Western shaman, right? From from America who has the ties to the government officials who have the ties to this tribe, which is how this American shaman was able to conduct his ceremonies in upstate NY, you know, and do and do these introductions to Chris and kind of, you know, introduce Chris to, to all of us. We get down there and this guy kind of loses his shit. This Western shaman loses his shit, you know? Uh, we're down there with Chris Nunez and, and this guy is like, Stoked that we're down there to film this this documentary. But he all of a sudden becomes a star in this documentary, in this movie, in his mind. And um, the whole shoot about a weekend, we're in the jungle, collapses, falls apart, and the guy leaves us. This Western shaman who had brought us to this tribe has a complete meltdown, an egotistical uh, lapse, I guess, and leaves us in the jungle with this tribe we just met. (laughs) And they're like, okay. (laughs) And we're like, okay. (laughs) And they're like, you're not leaving. We're going to continue doing like what we've set out to do, which is medicine and tell you guys about what we do here. And we stayed for another three weeks with this tribe um, and really forged this bond with them. And they're called the Puyanawa, And they're out of Acre, Brazil, which is the westernmost state uh, of Brazil, borderlines Peru. And the, the largest city next to where they're, their tribal land is, is a place called Monsa Lima, which is just like next to Lima, Peru, and um, right on the border. And we fly into uh, Cruzeiro do Sol, which is the largest airport, the only airport in the state. And from there, you have to take these little, tiny, single prop engine, you know, planes, six seaters, filled with all your luggage and gear, take off from this regular airport, And then fly about, you know, 500 feet above the canopy and then land on a dirt runway in the middle of fucking jungle. There's like literally no, there's no like, you know, aircraft tower. There's no like aircraft control. There's fucking potholes. There's kids running along the side with no pants on. You're like, what fucking movie, what Mel Brooks movie am I in right now? Uh, Am I going to be flying out of here or is this going to turn into a horror movie at the end? And, um, you know, we get down there. You know, and these tribes have just taken, they're just, they're just taken to us. You know, they're, they don't know anything but other than to be hospitable and nice. You know, it's like, it's crazy. And the person who brought us down there, who was supposed to be our fucking, our guide, our spiritual shaman, has abandoned us and left us to fend for ourselves because he didn't get an acai bowl brought to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, and this is the kind of stuff about, about this medicine and about how your intentions and and this kind of uh, business where it's like, really when you're getting down to the root of what you're doing and why you're doing it, who you are as a person will come out, no matter what, you can't hide it. You can't hide that. No matter how many facades or masks you put on, the minute you start to do these journeys, they will strip layers of who you are off of your body and you'll see yourself in the mirror and you'll see who you become uh, and you know it, it'll be at first it can be alarming because you're not you're not used to the way you're feeling the way you're acting why you're saying the things you're saying um it definitely changes you ayahuasca changes you in a way that is prophetic and you know like if you use it the right way and that can be and that's and that's with any kind of knowledge right mm-hmm. like any kind of knowledge you get when you're doing the medicine you're gaining knowledge and so i think whenever you you gain any kind of knowledge it, it can, you can either use it for good or you can use it for bad. You can either get it and retain it, or you can just get it and forget it. Yeah. Uh, and
0: it's, it's an interesting thing. And I'm, I'm, I apologize in advance. I've got a, actually a massage scheduled at uh, the top of the hour from, I for father's it. day. Yeah. I, I, I completely forgot, but I, I wanted to, to kind of pull it all full circle because I'm, I'm actually having um, a woman on the podcast. Her name's Jill Sitnik. Okay. And, um, She's a former executive at Microsoft. And she recently, I I believe she quit. I don't know. I need to like dive into her story a little bit more when I talk with her, but she's no longer working there, but she just authored a book called Rescuing Jill. Mm -hmm. And it's a story about how she overcame childhood PTSD through the use of psilocybin and MDMA. Yeah. And it really resonated with me. Um, Actually, I haven't shared this, but a lot of, I talk sometimes on here, like my day gig has been in technology and I've kind of done consulting and worked in software. And, um, as of yesterday, I've kind of like officially bailed. I hate not bailed. I've, I've jumped from that industry, um, yeah. for a lot of reasons, but a lot right. of it being this journey that I've kind of I say journey, but I mean, it is, it's a journey of trying to understand who I really am and what my true purpose is. And yeah. I've been, fortunate to find a lot of success in that world and then I've I've kind of kept it siloed off because it doesn't jive with the other things that I'm into from the cannabis space to you know just you know po- the podcast I mean Jesus man people knew some of the conversations I've had on here are so not like politically correct for corporate America and I'm really excited to talk with her because she's obviously I think gone through a similar path where I don't think she could continue to work in the space that she did or in the environment that she did after, you know, Cornell, I hate to say the, the term awakening, but you know, yep. she certainly became more awake and I'm, I've been less able to put up with things that I, as a young adult kind of was okay with accepting in corporate oh, yeah. America because I've scratched the surface and, I can only hope that you know being able to have a more guided thing, and that's why I asked you if you feel like a guided experience takes you further. And I assume that it does because I feel like I opened up the gate, yeah. And I'm yet to your point. I know that there's something there because I can hear an echo, right? But to dive in there, I'll get lost. And you need somebody to basically
1: walk you through, walk you across, (laughs) and that stability and that 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 shamanism, if you will. Um, is really important you know and uh, you can see why and how priests and and you know rabbis and people who who are in this conventional theological space the they are shamans for a spiritual realm so spirituality is you know can make you see and feel things you know what i'm saying just like Absolutely. ayahuasca can um, and so you need a guide there to kind of guide you through you know you need a priest or somebody to kind of like guide you through these things a shaman is just a version of that you know just we don't call them priests you don't they're just somebody there that can point out the realities to you right they're going to point out what is real and and what about you probably is is the best part about you um i notice a lot of times i go down there i have a hard time yeah, yeah yeah i have a hard time with um my interpersonal relationships and so going down there when I do, uh, these journeys, I focus on how to better my communication with those around me and how I can deepen my connections with those people that I love. And it can be, it can be good. And it can also, if you don't let there enough time to absorb and to, and to recollect, you know, all of the things that you've gone through, um, sometimes it can be damaging you know what i'm saying if you if you're doing a journey and then you come back you say i've got all the answers and i'm going to fix it right now actually in six months you'll find out that what you've been trying to do is probably wrong you know what I'm saying and that you're you're not you're not hearing the full message so a lot of times with like these journeys of doing ayahuasca you know, my shaman always tells me when you go home just stay low-key drink a lot of water you know reflect write things down in a journal uh, and don't don't react too much on, on things because you are going to be, see things in, in a different perspective and you're going to be, want to be react, you know, reactionary towards them. Um, and just, like, just observe and, and, and focus and just, you know, reflect on what what it is your intentions of, of coming here to, to do these things were, And that's the, I think important in, in anything is take out the ayahuasca. Um, and that's just a tool to get your mind going, but like just focus on your intentions make sure that they're, they're good and in line with what you are trying to achieve and, and that they don't hurt anybody. And I think that that's, that's just a good model for life, right? You know? <laughs> it's a perfect
0: model for life. And it's probably the perfect place to, to end this. I hate to be as brief as we were, but I,
1: hey, um, I'm no. glad to talk to you this morning. I'm sorry it took so long. Um, oh, dude, no worries. You know, I've really been going through it.
0: No, you're good. You're good. We'll um, let's, Let's chat outside of this as well, too. Yeah. Um, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And actually, and next
1: time you're out here, hit me up, man.
0: I will, uh, without I'll a doubt. Hang. Love you, my guy. Thank you so much, brother. I
1: appreciate yeah. it. Play I'll, I'll hit you up soon. Behave you. yourself. I'll, I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Later